wonderful singing this morning. Thankful for that, and I hope that you are blessed by that, encouraged by that. And more importantly, I pray the Lord was pleased with our heart and our attitude toward Him in worship. I want you to pray, if you would, for several requests. Larry Nyhart, um, senior, he and Val are in Florida. They are snowbirds, and they're getting ready to come back, I believe, at the end of April. But uh, Larry just found out this weekend, I got word that he has COVID. And so would you please pray for Larry? I think he was right in between the, the shots. He had his first shot and getting ready to get a second shot next week sometime. And uh, he was tested positive for COVID. So just pray that uh, the Lord would just uh, uh, allow this to be um, uneventful, that he'd get through these next few days and um, there'd be no complications. Uh, if you would continue to pray for Doug Davis and Michelle and I were able to visit Doug and Mary this week. And uh, Doug is improving. He is doing better. And uh, he's home. And so just continue to pray. The uh, Lord just continue to give him strength. Just being in the hospital for over 100 days uh, has caused just a lot of, um, uh, just uh, just even emotionally, uh, a lot of distress for him. Um, I, I, I didn't think about it until I was visiting with him. Imagine going over 100 days, you know, in the hospital. How many of you have been in the hospital? How many of you know in the hospital you don't sleep? Like, for whatever reason, you get every test, every procedure is done in the middle of the night. And uh, every two hours, they poke you and prod you. And um, just imagine that for as long as Doug had. And so uh, things that normally never bothered Doug bother him now. And so if you just pray for healing emotionally and uh, physically for him, and uh, pray for Mary as well. Bob Tassel, praise the Lord, he's doing well after his surgery, and he's continuing to uh, improve. So continue to pray. And then obviously we pray each week for Lorraine, Dan Forth, Jim Loving, and there's others in our church that have been diagnosed with cancer. And we want you to continue to pray. Pray the Lord, give them strength, pray for their family. And uh, I want you to also pray for Alan Heineke. Uh, he is having surgery. That's tomorrow, right, Alan? He's having surgery, uh, knee replacement surgery. And so uh, pray as he goes into procedure for that uh, tomorrow. You should have received on your way in a couple different things. And maybe once you got in, someone gave you a card that looks like this one. Uh, you should have gotten a, a sheet of paper that's got our missionaries on it. Uh, that uh, for the continent that we're represented this week. And each week we're giving those out. If you've missed a week, uh, we want to make sure you get that. Pray for our missionaries that we support here at our church. And then this card, if you didn't get one, we want you to have one. We're going to ask you to make a commitment maybe a financial commitment to give to our missions uh, program here at our church so that we can continue to support uh, all of our missionaries and Lord willing we'll be able to support them even at a greater level and uh, Lord willing also uh, support more missionaries and maybe you don't support our, our missions program and that's a commitment uh, this month that you're going to be willing to make uh, maybe you would like to go on a missions trip um, that's something you're interested in. You're not committing to go on that. You just want some more information. Uh, we will have several coming up in the next few years that we would like to introduce to our church. Uh, maybe I'd like to serve in a missions committee for our church. That's just a, uh, a group of people that will correspond with our missionaries, keep in contact with them, uh, keep things up to date, let us know their needs, uh, and just uh, help us in that endeavor. Maybe that's something you're interested in. We would like to talk to you further on that. Or maybe even this, you believe the Lord is calling you to missions and you want to surrender to that and would like to speak to someone about that. Whatever God is doing, we want our church to be obedient to him. And so you could fill that out, drop it in one of the offering buckets uh, that's around the church and we'll get in contact with you if it's an area that we need to speak to you about. If you want to commit to give financially, that'll help us know uh, if we're able to support uh, even further uh, more missionaries, and we're praying the Lord allow us to do that. I'm excited about our missionary that's in today, uh, Joseph Wicks and his family. His family's not able to be here, but he's here, and they surrendered just, uh, how long has it been now? About a year and a half, and was going full steam, like really getting into it, and then COVID hit. And uh, from during COVID, he told me last evening, he's about 80% of his support is raised. And uh, that's through a year like we had this past year. 
And so God is still supplying. Isn't that good to know? God's still supplying, and uh, his work is still going to be funded, and he's going to make sure that happens. And so we're excited about that. I'm going to ask Joseph, he'll please come today. He's going to introduce himself. He's got a video he's going to show just so you could know further about his ministry. Good morning. Well, it's certainly a joy and a privilege to be here with you this morning, and um, I've heard so many good things about your church, and I want to start off by saying um, somehow, some way, I don't know how my name got on the wrong list or something, but uh, my family and I were the beneficiaries of a Christmas offering that your church took up, and like I said, I, we were blown away when uh, the church reached out to us and said, hey, we want to be a blessing. We said, us? Why, why us? And, um, and then when the, you guys sent the gift to us, um, you guys were just so kind and so generous. And so I want to say thank you for that, whomever participated in that. Um, and I've known your pastor from a distance, um, just kind of, uh, we met actually in uh, Nevada, I believe. And then um, we've, I followed him along and I've known him to be a very generous person. I can tell online as I see his interactions with people, he's a very kind person. And just being here for a little bit and leading up to my weekend coming here, I also know that your church is very generous and very kind. And I don't know who influenced who, but I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful to be the beneficiary for it, but uh, thank you so much for just everything that you've done for me even this weekend, and uh, thank you for your heart for missions. Even for a church in a time like this to say, we're going to go forward, we're going to make commitments for worldwide missions and global evangelism is huge. You know, we're still battling our own problems. We still have our own things that we're trying to figure out with local church ministry and how things can go. Uh, but the faith that you're taking to do more at a time like this is really appreciated. Um, just a little bit about my family. Um, I grew up in Nebraska. And my dad was a pastor, so I had the privilege of being a pastor's kid most of my life, and so don't hold that one against me, but uh, enjoyed my time there. Went to Bible college, met my wife, who was actually from Columbus, Ohio, and I'll really ask you to not hold this one against me, but she has some family that attends here in the church. She was a Manus, and so if you know Julie and Kerwin Manus, they're much distant relatives to me, I think I should say, to be safe, right? Um, but then there's Jared and Taylor and the others who are relatives, and so that's her aunt and uncle and our cousins, and so we're grateful to know them and uh, for them to be a part of this great church. But we met in college, and then we ended up going back to Nebraska and serving um, at the church there for 10 years, just doing church ministry, a church very, very similar to this one, and really just enjoyed our time there. After about 10 years, uh, we felt called to actually move to Columbus, and her father is also a pastor down there, and we were going to help him do a church building, and to make a long story short, that project didn't end up going forward the way we expected, and so we were kind of just there in Columbus, and who wants to just be there in Ohio, right? No, just kidding. I shouldn't bash on your state while I'm here, huh? Uh, that's what I do with the in-laws, not with you guys, though, not with you guys, so uh, nobody wants to just be stuck in Ohio. Um, but we just started praying about what God would have for us, and um, as he always does, does. God was so faithful to us. In a season that we were wondering why God and what God, looking back, we totally understand, okay, I understand now why. And God led us to a ministry called Medical Missions Outreach. And I am not a doctor, and I really don't even know if I could call myself a missionary, but I'm now working with a, a, a group of doctors and nurses and other professionals who we are able to go into developing countries and provide free medical clinics. And we partner with a host missionary who hosts our group of volunteers and we'll do a week-long clinic and see thousands of people come to a place where they're seeking medical care, whether it be um, eyeglasses or medicine or physical therapy help or maybe a tooth extracted. And they come and they get the help that they need through our clinic. But most importantly then, somebody from our host missionaries church, somebody who speaks the language of these patients who are coming to our clinic, will sit down with them and one-on-one -on -one they'll share with them what their ultimate need is. You see, they came for physical healing, but we know their ultimate need is spiritual healing, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so it's through our clinics that we can allow thousands of people to hear the good news of the gospel. And so what I'd like to do, if I could, is uh, just show a brief video that kind of gives a little bit of a visual of what a clinic would look like. And I'll come back up and share a little bit about my role with the ministry and what the next steps are for us moving forward. I was injured while working several months ago. The pain is getting worse and worse but I had to do my job. On the way to work this morning, I passed a sign on the road about a medical clinic. Would this free clinic have anyone who could help me with this pain? Can I be healed? Is there a healer? 
My son has been sick for days, and seeing him suffer is unbearable. I need help. I saw the church in town hosting a free clinic this week. Would they be able to figure out what's wrong? Would their medicine work? I have to try. Is there a healer? My eyesight has been getting so much worse lately. It's getting harder to drive. If I lose my job as a taxi driver, oh, I don't know how can I support my family. I saw that a church nearby is having a free optical clinic this week. I wonder if they have some new glasses that will work for me and help me keep my job. I wonder, is there a healer? Hurting people have always flocked to Jesus. They came in droves to see him, to beg for healing, praying for a miracle. And when they went on their way, bodies mended and souls transformed, their lips sang with praise, there is a healer. This is the beautiful ministry of Medical Missions Outreach. We partner with local pastors and missionaries in developing nations all over the world to minister to people who do not have access to quality health care. Pain and suffering bring thousands to a place where we have a chance to show them love by offering compassionate care. Then, a volunteer from that local church will share the message of the gospel with each patient, providing the spiritual care that he needs most desperately. Hello, this is missionary pastor Jerry Wyatt here in Morogoro, Tanzania. As we seek to reach our community uh, for the cause of Christ, we've been able to partner with Medical Missions Outreach, and they've been a, a tremendous blessing and a tool to draw people to Christ. They're able to come to our church and see their physical needs met, but more importantly, reaching them uh, with the gospel. And we've seen many, many hundreds of people trust Christ uh, through these outreaches. Uh, many that have been baptized, that have joined the church. I think of one gentleman in particular that trusted Christ the very first outreach and has helped out every single one since. We want to thank uh, Medical Missions Outreach for the tremendous uh, blessing they've been to us. Our church people love being able to invite family and friends using this tool uh, of medical missions to reach them for the cause of Christ. Last year alone, over 18,000 patients in 11 countries received physical care from our teams of volunteers. Consultations, physicals, eye exams, dental work, even surgical procedures were all done completely free of charge for the people who came to our clinics. After receiving the care they needed, each patient then heard the beautiful message of the gospel in their heart language from a member of the host church. 2,487 of these made a decision to trust the great physician with their spiritual healing as well, receiving him as their personal savior. We are the Wicks family, and God has called us to serve with Medical Missions Outreach by leading teams of volunteers who desire to use their talents to serve on the mission field. So many are suffering around the world, and I want to help connect them to people who care deeply for their bodies and their souls. We need you to lock arms with us, whether it be volunteering on a trip, collecting eyeglasses, funding a special project, financially supporting our family, or praying for us faithfully, we need you. We have witnessed the power of God on display through Medical Missions Outreach, and He has called us to serve with this ministry full-time. Please, we are asking you to partner with us so that we can show the world there is a healer. To learn more and find out how you can get involved, go to medical-outreach.com. Medical Missions Outreach pointing others to the great physician. I hope that gives you a little bit of a better view of what happens when we go into these countries. And um, it's honestly amazing as we see people come and line up at three, four in the morning just to see uh, somebody who can provide them some medicine or some eyeglasses. But then it's so wonderful to know um, what the, that they'll receive the gospel through that. And uh, so many people have been touched, lives have been changed uh, through this ministry. Those numbers that are, were on that video were actually from 2019. Uh, we hadn't had them updated from 2020. As you can imagine, last year was a, a difficult year for our ministry. We are a ministry that's designed to go, and when the borders closed, we weren't able to go anymore. So we were only able to get two trips in in January and February of 2020. And then we took the remaining 10 trips that were scheduled for 2020, and we put them on this year's calendar. 
And so while things aren't opened up all the way yet, we have 21 trips that are scheduled to happen this year, I guess 18 more, and we've accomplished two of them. We've had to postpone one that was, we were supposed to go to the Philippines this month, and we had to push that again because the border wasn't open. And so um, I just will ask you if you would um, to partner with us in prayer. This is a unique time for everybody, but especially a ministry that's designed to cross borders and help people in other countries. And so we would covet your prayers that the borders would just open at the right time. We recognize that we're going to have to do some shifting with different, um, if we're planning to go to one country, it's not open, we'll go to another country. And we're just going to do as open, go, walk through the doors that God opens. And that's what we're planning to do this year. Uh, this ministry was started back in 2003, just by um, a, a man who was named Bradley Edmondson. He was a pastor at that time, and his wife was a nurse. And she actually went with some of her nursing friends uh, on a medical missions trip and was just amazed at the opportunity that it provided. And so when she came back, um, the next year came around and they said, why don't we do our own medical missions trip with our church? And so he called a missionary friend of his in Honduras. And uh, that was just kind of the humble beginning as they took a small group down there and served people in that way. And since then, the Lord has been so good to just grow the ministry and, and add more staffing and more doctors and more team members and volunteers and uh, more host missionaries. And over the last five to seven years, we've been doing about 12 to 14 trips a year and uh, just seeing thousands of people reach for the cause of Christ. And so I'm really grateful just to be a small part of the ministry. As the growth of the ministry has happened, of course, they needed more help. And the founder of the ministry, Bradley, has been traveling on almost all of those trips over the last 17, 18 years. And it's, of course, taken a toll on him and his family's growing up now. So he knew he couldn't sustain that, that, uh, that pace. And so I'm going to be serving as an international team coordinator. And my role is to work with those host missionaries and to work with the logistics and all the things that go into the trip. And then I'll even take trips and uh, lead trips of uh, the volunteers and do the clinic that way. So that's kind of my role. I also work with our uh, building projects, whether they be stateside or abroad, as we're seeking to establish more permanent clinics in the communities that we already serve on a short-term basis. And so that's kind of the quick rundown of, of what we'll be doing. Um, this year is uh, ridiculously busy for us. We do a lot of our trips in the summer, so I have one segment where I'm supposed to go from one country to the next to the next. And so I'm supposed to go from South America to Honduras to Nicaragua. I don't know if that's possible. You don't know if that's possible, but we're going to trust God that that can work. And so we're just praying and pushing towards it and seeing how God opens the doors. I do have a table set up in the back. If you wouldn't mind being so kind to take our prayer card, my family's on there so you can see them and just uh, partner in prayer with us. There's also some other various pieces of information about our ministry and you could pick one of these up. Perhaps you are a doctor or a nurse or just somebody who's interested in traveling with a ministry. All of our trips are, lo are listed on our website. And so there's just a host of information on our website, but take one of these. It's a good starter kit and then you can jump on the website and learn more, but the blue and the green are just kind of general. There's some specific to um, maybe you have stu a student who's a nursing student that you know of. Maybe they would like to travel with us. We have a great program for students. And so always needing more volunteers from the states to be able to do these clinics in the countries that we serve. But uh, I'll be out in the back if you have any other questions. Um, I will say I know last week you really enjoyed um, George Perdia from Romania. We do um, go back to Romania this summer. And so we're really excited to partner with a missionary named Brent George who's located there. And when we did the clinic in 2019, it was really interesting thing. Um, the Romanians are a different culture than, say, the Philippines or somewhere else where they've been exposed to the gospel in, in the past. And so it was a, a unique clinic. And um, some of our team members were even, I don't want to say discouraged, but the numbers were a little bit smaller who came to the clinic. And there was only a handful of people who accepted Christ there at the clinic, which is rare for one of our clinics. But the host missionary told us, told our team as we were leaving, he said, you have no idea what this means for us in terms of just connections and contacts. He said, we've never seen people come to us, a church, a Christian group like this, asking for help and wanting help. And he said, this is amazing what you have done just by creating these contacts and connections. And so it's just so neat to serve in all the different cultures and it's different each place we go, but the Lord is certainly good and he's been providing for our ministry. So thank you for the opportunity to share today, Pastor. All right, open your Bibles, if you would, please, with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, and um, we're going to be in chapter number 16, 1 Corinthians 16. I hope that you've enjoyed our Missions Emphasis Month. I know it causes things a little bit different. Um, time is crunched a little bit on Sunday mornings when we're trying to pack so much in, but I believe it's important for us to take some time every so often and look at the need that's around this world. It is a biblical thing. 
that the church is involved in reaching this world with the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, verse number 1, we'll begin reading there. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Or that word gatherings would mean not coming together, but collections or a time of giving when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to your, to bring your uh, gift, that, uh, that offering, unto Jerusalem. And if it be if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, um, I will abide, yea, in winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journeys whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. In verse number 9, for a great door, ineffectual, is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Father, I pray today that you would give us something, Lord, that would um, be from your word that would challenge us. Lord, I pray that you would bless the, the Wicks family, meet their needs. Lord, they have a, just a short way to go to reach their, their goals financially so they could uh, be full-time in the work, the Lord, that you've called them to. And Lord, today I pray that your spirit would speak to us and show us our part. Teach us something from your word. And I pray, Lord, once we've learned it, that we be obedient to it. And so, Lord, may we not just obtain knowledge today, but may we learn how to apply this and change us. Cause us to do greater things for your name, for your glory, for Christ's sake. Lord, I pray the gospel in these last days, these perilous times that we're living in, Lord, I pray that we would be busy with the gospel, taking it and living it and letting it change us and impact our church and then giving it, Lord, to a world that would receive Christ and be gloriously saved. And so, Lord, we just pray that you'd work in these next few moments as we gather together around your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Missions Emphasis Month has been a great month for us, I pray. The Lord is, has been so good to us from the missionaries that each week that we've been able to see and hear from. I pray even today as you've seen this video and heard from Joseph Wicks that your heart has just been challenged. I thought just of the doctors and, and uh, nurses even in our own church, how our church could be a part of something that is taking the gospel message to a world that needs Christ. And using this to, to meet a need physically, but most importantly is as we're meeting that need physically that we're meeting a spiritual need that each of these people may have. Our hearts have been stirred. I've enjoyed and I've appreciated the comments each week. I really was challenged by last week George Perdia. If you weren't here, I encourage you to go back and just watch that service. He grew up in communist Romania. And he spoke, I, I spoke much with him while he was here for a few days. And I was just even challenged in my own heart. The apathy that he says he sees in America when he grew up in communism in, in um, uh, Romania. And he said the church was alive, the church was on fire. The church was growing. You heard him say that if they called a prayer meeting, they'd, they'd get a thousand people to come under threat of persecution just to come and simply pray. And he said that same church today, they couldn't get 15 people to come and gather and pray because now they have freedom. And he's watched his own home country change. People that were once bold, he told of churches that, that uh, they would bulldoze, uh, bulldoze the church down. The Communist Party would bulldoze these churches down and the people would stay inside. They would bulldoze that church down on top of them. There was a, a pastor that his wife was sick. 
And in order for him to leave communist Romania, he had to sign a paper that if he took his wife out of the country, that he would not come back and preach the gospel again. And he refused to sign that paper. His wife eventually got sick and his wife eventually died, but he would not, he would not forfeit and he would not stop preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, even when great persecution came and it cost his wife her life. Boy, I was convicted. Paul is writing, and as he writes to this church in 1 Corinthians, he's writing them concerning the collection for the saints or a gift that he's going to give. And there's many passages that we could go to today. But today I come to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I, I love Paul's care and Paul's attention that he gives to the Corinthian church. He speaks a lot of, to them about correcting things in the church and laying things out for them. He not only says this, that this is something that he's giving to this church, but in verse number one, he says, as I give, give an order to the churches of Galatia as well, he is saying this is, this is the practice or this is the instruction that he's giving to the New Testament churches there that he's been a part of and he's established and that he is writing letters to and that he is helping them in their walk with the Lord. And as the churches are established, this is something that he is wanting the churches to pay attention to. He says, concerning the collection or the giving, this gift to the saints, this was a specific gift. Now, who are these saints? We can find out who that is. The Bible tells us in a few verses down in verse number three, and when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your, your gift unto Jerusalem or that collection unto Jerusalem. And so we know that this gift is specifically for the saints that are in Jerusalem. And Paul is, is encouraging them to, as they come together, to, to bring that gift. And I want to just give you, in the uh, short amount of time that I have this morning, I want to give you uh, three or four thoughts that I want you to, to write down if you're taking notes. I want you to, to think and meditate upon these things, what Paul is trying to teach us here as a church. I want you to write this first down as this. There's a decision each of us must make. Are we going to respond? One of the things I've been battling in my own heart this past month as we've been in Missions Emphasis Month, and I, I think as most pastors would, would probably wrestle with this, especially in this area of giving, we, we can tell stories and we can, we can, we can uh, uh, put a lot of pressure on it, but I, I don't want to manipulate our church in any way to do something out of feelings or emotions. I think the work of, of missions, the gospel, giving, serving, we've got to come to the realization that God wants us to do it willingly because the Spirit of God is working in us and we're desiring to please Him. I think over maybe too much over church history, people have done things because they've been manipulated to do things or they've been put on a guilt trip to do things. We've been told to do things, and we do it not because we desire to serve the Lord, but we do it because we don't want to be displeasing to man. I think our churches are going to be strengthened when the people that are in the churches do it just simply because they love God, because they have a relationship with him. Because we can do anything outwardly so that people are satisfied and we're, we're, we've pleased them, but God doesn't look on the outside. He looks what's happening in our hearts. And today I want to challenge us, first of all, I want to see that Paul is giving them a decision to respond. It's a decision. This is a decision that every single person in our church must make. Are you going to be a part of the gospel ministry? Are you going to be a part of giving? Are you going to be a part of going? Are you going to be a part of praying? Are you going to be involved in the gospel going across the street and around the world? A, we see in verse number one, it's more than just a, a single church. This is more than just Paul speaking to church at, at Corinth. Often we could say, well, that was just meant for that specific church, or that was just meant for that specific group of people. But we see in verse number one that Paul is showing this church here that not only am I giving this to the church at Corinth, I'm also giving this to the church of Galatia as well. 
This is not just a single church. This was not just a a single act. This wasn't just a one-time offering, but this is something that he's teaching the churches that he is ministering to and he has started and that he is giving himself to. He's teaching them that on the first day of the week, as you come together, there's an offering that's going to be taken so that the saints could receive that offering and use that offering for the gospel ministry. It's more than just a single church. And and you say, why do I say that? Because some 2,000 years later, as we open this passage of Scripture, and I'm standing before the local assembly, the Monclova Road Baptist Church, we can say that for sure this passage of Scripture is for us as well. This is for our doing as well. This is for us to participate in this as well. And the question would be, are we going to participate in what Paul has laid out for the churches, the New Testament church, to be a part of? He says this in uh, 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 the same verse here, in verse number one. He says, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order the churches of Galatia, he says this, even so do ye. How many of you see that in your Bible? He says, it's good for you. It's good for the church at Galatia. And those that come to read this passage of Scripture, this epistle, this letter, even so do ye. This is good for all believers. Even so do ye. This is an easy command that we can hear. Often in the Bible we can look and we can say, boy, does this mean me? Is he speaking to the, to the Jews? Is he speaking to the Gentiles? Is, is this Old Testament? Is this New Testament? Is this for me? You know what I can find in this passage of Scripture? Even so do ye. Every believer ought to be involved in what Paul is going to challenge them here. This is an easy command. We don't have to put a whole lot of thought. Should I listen to this? This is for us. Paul says this is for you to participate in. This is for you as an individual to to be a part of. It's an individual commitment. Would you write that down in your heart someplace? This is an individual commitment. He says, let every one of you, look, look with me in verse number two, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. So this would, first of all, in verse number one, this is corporately as a church. The church at Corinth, the church at Galatia. He says, even so you do ye. This is something when the church gathers together on the first day of the week, that corporately the church is going to participate in this offering so that those that are in Jerusalem would receive this offering, be encouraged by this offering, and the work, the gospel ministry could continue to go forward there in Jerusalem and wherever this offering may go to. And so we see this as corporately. But then Paul gets into verse number two. He says, then on the first day of the week, let every one of you. I see this as individual. This is something that us as individuals or we as families ought to be considering. We as families are going to have to make the decision. Do we desire individually and as families to be a part of the gospel ministry so that God can take the uh, uh, gospel to the, the unknown places in this world? It's an individual commitment. This is an act of obedience for each of us to participate in. You know, I've said this often. I don't believe that God needs millionaires in the church in order for the church to be successful. Matter of fact, believe this or not, most pastors would tell you they'd rather not have too many millionaires. And you know why? Because if they're not careful, money can influence. And I want you to know, church, God doesn't need someone that's wealthy in order for the church to be able to do the ministry of the gospel. It's when every individual person in the church decides that they're going to do their part. God blesses obedience. God blesses obedience. You see, it's not about how much we can gather, and if we can gather more than the next church, then we can do something big for God. Or as long as we're, 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 we're getting more than, than church A or B, then, then God will bless us. No, God is just simply looking for the individuals within the church to say, I'll do my part. Corporately, the church says, we see the need, we see the call, we, we understand what's being asked. Then individually, everyone says, I'll do my part, I'll be obedient. God always blesses obedience. 
we be obedient. The funding of the work of God, it comes from God's people. Now, someone had asked just recently, and someone that was newer to our church, how are things funded in the church? And I told them we have bingo night on Friday night, and we have... <laughs> we don't have all those things. You know how things are funded in the church? Through God's people. Brother Moore, it's good to see you. It's through God's people. It's through, it's through God's people in the relationship with God, growing in the relationship with God, growing in the gospel ministry, knowing what the gospel has done for them, desiring that God would do the same and saying, I can be a part of that. The church doesn't have fundraisers and activities where we're trying to raise funds to keep the lights on and trying to raise funds so that we can, we can participate in gospel ministry. You know where all of it comes from through the obedience of God's people when they come each week and say, I'm going to give my part so that God could take what I'm doing as a family, as an individual, corporately as a church, in the word of God, the gospel can go forth here locally and all around this world. The gospel can go forth because God's people decided they were going to be a part of God's work. It's God's people doing God's work. The work of the church is funded through the giving, not through outside resources. I'll be honest with you. Giving is not something that I necessarily enjoy speaking on. But giving is something I believe that every pastor has to speak on. There are some passages of Scripture that some pastors might say, I, I don't want to touch on those. Those, those, are, those. those can really cause a stir, and those, are, those can really cause some, some tension. And, and those are passages I don't mind preaching on, but when it comes to giving, I, I get a little bit nervous. Because there are some that think this, the church, all they want is someone's money. The church are always talking about money. Isn't it funny when a guest attends a church, it seems like they come to the church the one Sunday the pastor's talking about money. They say, see that? Another church, all they talk about is money. But I believe this, it's got to be taught on because it's in the Bible. I heard an older pastor say this. He said, I believe I'm going to get to heaven and God's going to say to me, why didn't you talk on it more? I want to say this to you too, just a side note. Parents, teach your children to give. Teach your children to give to the work of the Lord. As, as your children begin to work, as your children begin to make money, parents, sit with them and show them this part here, this belongs to God. Teach them from a young age. Whether they're raking leaves or shoveling snow or, or selling lemonade down on the street or if you live on a golf course, selling golf balls that they find, selling them back to the people that uh, lost them. Whatever they're doing, teach them to give to the work of the Lord. It's such joy. Teach them, parents, to be a part of God's work. What God's doing. Number two, would you write this down? Not only is there a decision that has to be made, even so do ye, will we do it? Secondly, I want you to write this down. There's an understanding of where our resources come from. Now, this is something I want everyone to please hear me. Because no one's saying to you, give what you don't have. Paul is not asking people to go take a loan so they could give. Look what Paul says. Look with me again in verse number 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God, what? Hath prospered him. And this is an understanding of where our resources come from. What God has prospered you, it already belongs to God. He's given it to you. And all he's asking is give a portion back to him that he's already given to you as God hath prospered him. Listen, it's not going to all be the same. 
I may give less than someone else. I may give more than someone else. But there's not something where someone can say, well, they give more, so they're a better Christian. Or they give less, so they're not as good of a Christian. Or, or they give more, so they're more important to the church. No, it's about what God has prospered you. And if you simply are obedient in giving as God has prospered you, God will take that gift and bless that gift. This sets everyone on the same playing field. This is what I love about our church. You don't have to be wealthy to be accepted. God can take whatever the amount of that is, and the amount of that that you're going to give, you know who dictates that? God. It's what he has prospered. It's not all going to be the same amount, but it's what God has blessed you with. Some are going to give what others may not give, but they're just simply giving of what God has blessed them. As I said earlier, God blesses obedience. I'm reminded of that, that, that uh, uh, story that Jesus tells where that, that little widow lady comes and she puts those two mites into the offering plate and, and then you get those that are very wealthy and very, very uh, have a lot of resources and they put a, a big amount. It might have been more than those two, two little mites that, that that lady put in. But, but he, he said, look at that. He said, they gave, but she gave all. You see, it's not about the a dollar amount. It's about, are you giving what God has prospered? God blesses obedience. But he doesn't give any exceptions to this rule either. I want you to go to Malachi with me, if you would, please. And I know everyone just said, oh, boy. He's going there. Malachi chapter number three. Malachi is writing. And he says this in verse number seven, even from the days of your fathers, you're gone away from mine ordinances. It's an ordinance that God made. He said, you've gone away from it, and you have not kept them. He says, return to me, and I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? Here's God. He's saying, you've, you've gone away from this. And God's people says, where are we gone away from? We don't understand. And God says this, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But he said, Where, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. And look what he says to those. You're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. He takes it again individually and then corporately. He says, you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. God says, prove me. What he's asking you to do, he's also saying, I'm going to bless you. This is the prospering. Listen, giving is, a, this is what God has blessed me with, and I'm giving it back to God. And God in return says, you've been obedient. You've given me what I've asked of you. I'm going to continue to bless you. He said, pour out, open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. In verse number 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. How many of you like that verse? I know I do. This morning, as we were getting started, if there could be something that was going wrong with the PA system, it was going wrong. I just, on the front row, just said there for a few moments, I said, Lord, just rebuke the devourer. There's been times, maybe even in your life, there's been times I've just said something's happening in your life, and I know that it's satanic. I know that, it's, that, that, it's, that it's, it's, it's not flesh and blood, but it's principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. And I've said, Lord, rebuke the devourer. It's God that's going to do it. It's God that gives the protection. It's him that rebukes the devourer for your sake. And he shall not destroy the, the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a, a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. 
Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, what have we spoken so much against thee? And he said this, it is vain to serve the Lord. He's talking here of giving and he's talking here of serving. It goes back to a heart. They didn't even realize how far they've gone. You know, listen to me, church, I believe this is the apathy that's taking place in churches today. Many of us would say, Lord, I don't understand. And it shows the condition of our heart. Yeah, I want to serve the Lord, but I, I kind of want to do it on my, my timetable. I kind of want to do it my way. And God says, but there's ordinances, there's things that I've, I've commanded you to do, and, and you've just neglected those things. God's work is done by God's blessing to his people and then his people returning that blessing and giving and serving. I would say this, church, every single person, every single believer, every single child of God ought to be involved in the work of the Lord. If the church isn't, then who's going to be? If the church isn't concerned about souls in Romania and Ghana and, 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 and uh, Europe and Asia and, and all the places, all these 20-some trips that, that medical missions will go, if the believer is not concerned about the souls of mankind, who's going to be? If we're not willing to sacrifice and give, then who's going to? If we don't care about the souls in the Philippines or in the jungles of, of South uh, or Africa or the, the rainforest of South America, if we're not concerned about the gospel getting to these places, then who's going to be? And that's what we're seeing here in Malachi. They're just living their life, raising good families. Our kids are getting good grades and good in athletics and, and they're raising them to, to choose what they want to do, to, to be good citizens and choose college and, and all good things, but we're not doing the best thing. And the best thing for every believer is to be involved in what God is involved in. So often, church, I'm afraid that we say, God, get involved in what I'm doing. Bless what I'm doing. Meet the needs and the decisions I've made. God is saying, get involved in what I'm doing. Be a part of what I'm doing. This past year in 2020, I, I love it when I hear that missionaries were still being supported. I, I can say to you, church, that every missionary that we support at Monclova Road Baptist Church, every missionary received what we committed to them in 2020. And that's because you chose to, gave, to give. God blesses obedience. God expects his people to give out of obedience, we find here in Malachi. He talks about the storehouse. Some give. You know, even some, even in their giving, they say, I'll, I'll choose to give what I want to give. And God even says, you're bringing all the tithes into the storehouse. That's the church. Bring, bring them into the storehouse. Every person should be actively a part of the financial and serving ministries of the local church. And what does God do with that? I, I need to be done. I'm getting all excited. I'm just getting started. I just got into second gear. And I'm like a 12-gear preacher, you know? Now I got a downshift. I'm done with this. Let me show you something that God does. In Malachi, he blesses those that give out of obedience. Bringing the tithes in the storehouse, in verse 10, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Listen, I'm not preaching prosperity gospel here. If you're only giving so you get, your heart's wrong. This is what a blessing that comes to those who are obedient. Secondly, Satan is, is bound from interfering in the work. We, we just read that. He says, I'm going uh, uh, to stop the devourer, rebuke the devourer for your sake. And then this is, I think, even so important. In verse number 12, and all the nations shall call you blessed. 
for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. You know what all those that don't know Christ, when the church is giving, when the church is involved, when the church is doing what God has called them to do, God uses that to bless other nations. There's a reason why churches around the world want to be like churches in America. Because God is blessed. But church, we need to realize that that blessing that God has given us is not just so that we can sit back and get more and sit back and have more and sit back and, and, and acquire more. The blessing that God gives us is, in re, is, is to be given back to him in return so that others can see his blessing and can be blessed. World evangelism has got to be something that is vitally important to us. And then lastly, just write this down. I won't have time, but I want you to get this third thing. Our giving should include the resources to get the gospel in other places as well as our own city. Look with me back in, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians. This offering, our giving should include the resources to get the gospel in other places as well as getting the gospel in our own neighborhood, in our own backyard, in Toledo, in Ohio. You see, where do you see this? In verse number three, and when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your, your gift unto Jerusalem. Now listen to me. They were giving so that the saints in Jerusalem, for those that were involved in the gospel ministry, not in Corinth, but in Jerusalem, could receive this offering and do the work of the Lord. It's biblical that we care about what's happening in places like medical mission trips, in places like Romania, in places like Bible translation, so those around the world can receive a Bible. In the Father list, those are all the ministries that we looked at this, this month. It's important that we see we don't look past Toledo. We want to reach in Toledo. We, we want to help churches, and we want to plant churches, and we want to see America reached, and we want to we we support local missions. At the same time, we also want to support areas we may never see. We may never meet the people that Joseph and his family will meet, but we're still supposed to give. So the gospel can go forth. So the saints can be encouraged. So they can continue to do the work of the Lord. I've asked our church this. Would you make a commitment? Now if you're going to give, you don't, your name doesn't have to be on there for the first one. We don't, I'm not interested in, in who's giving and how much. But the bottom four, three, I'd like to go on a missions trip. I'd like to serve on a missions committee. The Lord's dealing with me to, is surrendering to missions. We need to know who you are so we can help you with that. But I believe this. Everyone in our church can do something. Everybody can do something. If, if God prospered you with a small amount, you can, you can do something. Everyone can commit to something, and so would you prayerfully take this card? We say, Lord, concerning the collection for the saints, I'm willing to do something individually, corporately as a church, so that people in Toledo, in Ohio, in America, and around this world be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ.